0: Good morning everyone Good morning. Good morning. I trust we all made it in through the fog just fine I think a few of them, a few of us probably wanted to stay home and I see a couple did just to make sure so hopefully they <clears throat> got their lesson guides open or ready to go so <clears throat> we're going to continue on in, in uh, second Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to hopefully look at uh, verses uh, 11 and 12 and hopefully finish up next week. No promises. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's uh, read verses 11 and 12. <clears throat> as ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as fathers doth his children, that ye should walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory let's pray. Father, we do thank you that we can walk boldly into your kingdom because of the sacrifice the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross, dying for our sins. And when we accept him as savior, we are given that wonderful opportunity to walk into the kingdom. And we thank you, Father, that uh, <clears throat> as we work on uh, walk on this earth that you give us the the Direction in which we're to go throughout our our walk here, and father I do pray that each one of us understands the importance that we have by being on the earth, being left here to be a witness for you to help bring others into the kingdom. Father, I thank you for those that are diligently doing what you called us to do. <clears throat> father, I do pray for those that are struggling, and I do pray that they would that their footsteps would be. Bolder, and that they would understand and the importance that they have once they know you as Savior and are able to share the gospel with others. And Father, as we look into your word today, we'll understand a little bit more of what it means to be a disciple and to be a discipler and to walk worthy of your, of, of, of your cause on this earth. And we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. <coughs> you get a tickle in the throat easily. So, um, and by the way, we don't have, you know, don't have COVID. But uh, keep in prayer, though, our president. Um, you know, he's a couple years older than me, and uh, the challenges are there. And uh, and from, from a, a standpoint, you know, we wouldn't wish that on anybody, no matter how evil they were. But yet there's people that are excited because he has this now and it's not thank you pastor that is not how we should be looking at one another especially even when we're treated miserably and here uh, the missionaries uh, are being treated miserably but yet they don't condemn those that that treated them bad yet there are those out there that do not want to hear his message do not want to hear what the apostle Paul says and, and, the, uh, and the missionaries here they were as we read earlier they were gentle uh, as a nurse as uh, talked of uh, how a nurse takes care of, of the children that are under him a nursing mother how she takes care of those <clears throat> I don't think uh, a mother could be mean to a child and yet still feed them it's. I don't see how that can happen, but yet it does. But we know that uh, the the missionaries, as they were ministering amongst the the Thessalonians, um, they they were training and they were instructing them, and they were only there just three weeks. But that's what they show us in Scripture. They may have been there longer. We don't know. But it's so very important that uh, we understand that. Paul was training them so that they would build their church up. <clears throat> it would be like, you know, I mean, pastor's been here for what? 20 plus years. You know, it wasn't three weeks. He's still teaching us. We're still learning. And you can imagine what can be learned there. But uh, they trained and instructed the new believers just as a father cares for their children. And it's yeah, if, if you read through the, the Old Testament, or the patriarchs, how, how they took each one of their children and gave them a certain blessing based on where they were in structure uh, and within, within the family structure uh, usually it's the oldest got the, the, the biggest blessing and the inheritance although we find that a few times it was no the younger ran, got the blessing because that's what God wanted and no matter what uh, wanted to happen God made sure that it was the younger that got that but but it's important for a, a father to train their children, so that they become, as, as we're going to find out in in, uh, in verse twelve, to walk worthy of, of respect. But a father that doesn't train his children to grow up is really not good at what with what they're doing. You know, every father, every parent wants their children to grow up and. Follow in their footsteps in some way, or encourage them when they see a, a talent to to follow that. Uh, there's oftentimes, you know, they, they the the fathers want to help them do what's right, but not spoil them and give them everything. We we have a lot of them today that are that are spoiled because of everything's given to them. They never had to work for them. But yet you find those that did work for where they were, or or overcame maybe the circumstances around their parents, and you can you can tell the difference in, in people. So the the Thessalonians they were very immature. I mean, most of them had only been saved for a short period of time, and it showed the affection the affection and concern Paul had uh, for them. He made sure that uh, they wanted to 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 encourage them. They loved them enough to help them take those initial steps of spiritual growth. And that's so important for a young Christian. I think a lot of the cults brag that they get most all of their input from born-again Christians that are maybe heard the salvation message, accepted Christ as their Savior, and then were just left, left alone. And and it's so sad You know they, uh, they, uh, the Apostle Paul and Silas and Timothy, uh, encouraged them strongly and persuaded them that they were to walk worthy of of God. So, when we think of that, the term disciple comes up. We hear it, we see it, and hear it in the, in the Gospels. And but it's important for each one of us to realize that if we're a, a follower of Christ, that we're disciples. But a question comes up. It says, which job is more demanding? Witnessing to a lost person or discipling a new believer? Which do you think is more demanding? Anybody want to jump on that one? Lynn? <laughs> oh, yes. Why? Why would that be more, why would that be more demanding? <laughs> well, Lisa? Lisa? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but, but I think also is that when you spend that much time with somebody, you are revealing more of yourself to You're becoming more transparent, and they're going to see. Right. You have to be an example. Exactly. Right. You know, we may be witnessing to somebody a lot. Some people just, you know, it's like fishing. You know, you got a good fish, and he wants to just run, and he's not willing to come into that net. You have to keep bringing them along and bringing them along. You know, there's a certain amount of commitment there. But <clears throat> but with a disciple, when you disciple somebody, you're giving a commitment of your time. And you're going to be with them as long as they need you to be there. And there may be a point when uh, the, it, it develops into a friendship and becomes a long-term thing. You know, I think, well, I look back at the military or I look at... Uh, an apprenticeship program where where they spend you know a specific amount of time with somebody and then they move on well with discipleship well maybe be, they become lifelong friends that that person who's discipling that one then becomes their mentor and then as as they watch them grow they may see this this change where all of a sudden the disciple then becomes the disciple or maybe even even to the other one depending on what goes on but it's a lifetime commitment in, in reality when you think about that because it's like well, you know I'll just I'll you know, I'll give him this program well it's like the program we have here of uh, the discipleship program that we had we've given them to a lot of people we've shared that with a lot of people and if you go through there it doesn't end when you get to the end of that course it's like you know going to the bible college you get all this learning and then did it end then? No. <laughs> Brother Chris writing his books. He, you know, he's learning more and more, and, and and being able to share with many of us. Pastor the same way. You know, we think of of as we go through, what are we imparting to those that are with us? And so it's 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 so important. So uh, evaluate this statement: the greatest love for the for the lost is demonstrated not in evangelizing them but in just them once they're saved. Anybody want to? Pastor? That's true because it's the said, it's hard, it's hard to it, Right. And and it does take our time. And, and oftentimes, we we're going to be asked questions from a disciple that we might not be able to answer. We might have to go to somebody else or, you know, in the word, it may not come right to us. So... We're, we're sharing, and, and as, as, as was mentioned already, the more time we spend with that person, we become more transparent to them. They see us. They'll even see our flaws. But as they're learning, they'll realize those flaws are for a purpose, and they'll see them hopefully less and less. Um, I look back at a, uh, a man we had in our neighborhood who just recently passed away. I've mentioned him several times, Larry. Larry. We, uh, when we first met him, he stood on the street corner and used every four-letter word on my wife. Fortunately, I wasn't there. Otherwise, he would have died a lot sooner <laughs> or been a lot more injured because nobody does that to my wife when I'm around. But it didn't take very long, and he started coming around and talking. And we, my wife and I, were disciples to him we tried to get him into church we tried to get him to study we got him a bible to, to, to at least go to but I found out he doesn't read or very little in his comprehension he had a bad growing up he got involved in drugs been in jail several times um, and the more we talked with him the more he wanted away from that sad part is, is that environment kept coming back to him but he would come over and we would share with him from scripture that you're going to fall things are going to happen and more and more that he understood that that his life was changing he tried to change and here what four or five years now he he'd come up and hug my wife and just just be thankful for what that we didn't look down on him, and that's what a, a good discipler does. They don't look down on that person. They don't go, "Oh man, don't, aren't you going to get it sooner or later? You've you, you got to get it." No, a good discipler prays with a person. Maybe they don't understand it completely. We're all at different levels, you know. Some of us have got great memories; others don't. We, you know, some people have to read and read and read. With Larry, that was the case. He went over several things, but he did profess to know that, that he was saved. He knew that if he were to die, that he'd be in heaven. And many times he'd come in the garage with me and he'd just be in tears because he was trying to get clean, trying to change his life. Just keep working with him. And then find out a little bit later that it, he has cancer And he knew that it was because of the life that he led that that was the result. And we weren't there when he passed away. We found out uh, that he passed away in the morning. We'd run into his brother, and his brother was just about devastated. But yet his brother was not willing to take the steps that Larry did. Yet every time Larry would take a step, something would come up and stop him. And that's some of the things that we'll run into with disciples. We'll share something from Scripture with them. And they might fall back. But we need to keep encouraging. That's where the transparency comes through. We need to let them understand. And the Apostle Paul, as he was going through here, that we are demonstrating a love for them, an unconditional love. And the more that we're on this earth, the more that we'll... Realize how important that unconditional love is. The love that God showed toward us. How many times do we fail? And yet what's he do? Picks us up, pats us, cleans us up, keeps marching us along the way and, and knows that every time he makes a promise, he continues that. He doesn't stop. And, and, it, and it's so wonderful. So the Apostle Paul devoted his time and 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 i think if i if i kind of read between the words he probably spent individual time with people he might have done them with groups and stuff but he had a concern for each and every person that was there and and it's like christ when he went to the woman at the well an individual he took care of the individuals he reached to them the apostle paul realized that too and and to understand that you know he was reaching out to everyone but yet the message was to the individual and and he realized that and and to do that walking worthy was the goal he want and he wanted not only for them to understand that it was important that what we preach we 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 walk you know you walk the walk you talk the talk or talk the talk you walk the walk and and that's how people are they want to see you and the apostle paul shared his time with people and so he was concerned about the behavior. And like with Larry, we saw changes in his behavior. He didn't use those words on my wife anymore. He didn't berate her. He was basically like a son coming up, being thankful that somebody cared enough. And, and that's what we are when we're, we're discipling with people, when we're talking with them. You know, so that we spend the time... Uh, and, and people realize that when we want to walk worthy of God that we would live in such a manner to honor God that's what really it, it comes down to so when we're discipling somebody we're, we're going in with that Christ-like attitude to, to reach the person you know Ephesians 4:11 11 says um, I therefore the prisoner of, of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherein ye are called when we get saved, we're all called to be a witness. Some are better witnesses than others. Some are better disciplers than others. But every one of us are capable of doing that and, and different levels. Some, some people, you might disciple somebody and find out that you are not very c- compatible with them. But the more time you spend with them, you realize, oh, okay, this is what I need to do. Especially when you put it in prayer. You know, so a, a child as they're growing up walks worthy of a parent. You know, as there, we live in such a way to reflect honor on the parents. Today, we don't see that very much. Children don't honor their parents like they used to. Children, a lot of <clears throat> growing up, don't honor much of anything. It's because of other people are teaching them that it's not right. We've got groups now that are trying to tear apart the family structure. And it's all works of Satan, we know that. And that's where it's important that, as Christians, that we walk that, that life, show them the, what type of families we have, what type of parents we are, what type of mentors that we are. You know? and, and so we want it in such a way, one, that we're not going to disgrace the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're not disgracing God in what we do. And, and what's wonderful is, is when we do that, you know, we keep his commandments. That's what, that's what he asks of us. He leads us to a life of purity and virtue. The Apostle Paul was important. Parting these. These people were, well, some of them were coming from pagan worship. Where they did all sorts of debauched things. And with the Jews who were living a life as they understood the law. And they added to it. You know, he wanted to make sure that what he was training and teaching them was what god had imparted to him and he wanted to work walk worthy of of being a disciple of god and or to to be able to disciple those that that, that that accept christ he carries out the principles of the family into his own life some of us can look at, at uh well i can look at my grown-up children and in a lot of ways they're not walking with the lord Yet, they acknowledged that they were taught right. They just have decided in their own mind that they want to do things a certain way. Well, I found out talking with my father, My I thought my grandfather was a great churchgoer growing up. I found out that didn't happen until he was in his late 50s. He and my grandmother started attending church, and they just felt convicted that they needed to be in church and to be examples. And, can tell you that their three sons were not good examples. I grew up, we went to church periodically. Whenever mom and dad wanted to sleep later, somebody would come by and pick us up, take us to Sunday school a couple miles up the road. And that was what we grew up with. We enjoyed going to vacation Bible school as kids. But it wasn't prevalent in my parents' life. It was very prevalent in my grandparents' life and my great-grandparents. I found out my my great-grandmother, I used to always wonder why she always prayed and, and Thanksgiving for so long. I wanted to eat that, that turkey. But I found out she was a born-again believer. And thinking back on when she prayed, she prayed for the family. You know, it's kind of funny how sometimes <clears throat> we train our children. Proverbs tells us to train up our children in the way that... that Uh, we we want them to be and they won't depart from it they'll actually kind of return hopefully and i see that a little bit in in some of my children's lives but yet you wonder well did i did i do the right things well the lord loves them more than i do so you know and it's another is a child honors a father by a profound respect for his opinions well, that's what I found out from my children. They do have a profound respect for our, our opinions. And, and, and you think about that. And we want to make sure that we let them know that the life that they've chosen is the life they've chosen. But we're not going to demean them for it. That's why discipling is important, too. Because you can see people, maybe see them change a little bit, but maybe they're not changing the way they should be. Maybe they still have some of those old habits in there and that they just can't seem to get rid of. And it's so important. You don't berate them for that. And and it's so important that that we go through and we we teach our children, but we also as teach people that we're discipling from the word. We try not to embellish it. That's what I love about Brother Chris. He gets right right to the point with with teaching. His books are that way. Pastors the same way. He gets right to the point. Don't embellish them. But be able to answer the question because. You know, it's like when we give pastor, a, you know, a question in, in, in the box that he has to go through there and he has to dig a little deeper, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, I should have got that. He didn't have to dig that deep for it, but it helps us. It disciples us. It brings us along. You know, I mean, every church that Paul set up, he did the very same thing with each and every one. He didn't treat him any different. They treated him different, different cities, welcomed him with open arms. Others beat him and threw him in prison and tried their best to kill him but yet what did he do he wanted to show the love of christ you know and and you know you want to think that when the apostle paul when he worked with each and every one of these uh churches that even though it was only a little bit of time there he made sure that he knew who they were he made sure that he was able to to train them the best he could for a short period of time and then give them the tools that they needed Sometimes he left somebody like Timothy behind to help with, with making sure that they would carry on. And you know today, if, if you were to find some of those churches, you probably wouldn't find anything being taught the very same way that the Apostle Paul did. Which is sad. But we know that if, when you stick to scriptures, then a church stays as a New Testament church, Bible believing, that they're going to walk worthy. They're going to be worth um, people coming to to check out. It's like here we have visitors come in. Some don't quite want to listen to the message. They're afraid of that message. <clears throat> but the thing is, is we are called. We're called to do what's uh, what's right, and we're we're not. It's not called like an invitation, but it's following a vocation. When we get saved, it's not oh yeah. You know, Okay, I'm saved. Some people take that, and that's all the further they ever go. They get saved, don't make any any further decisions. It'd be like getting a job offer, going in the first day at work, and never showing up again, and expecting to get a paycheck every week. You know, that wouldn't work out too well. I don't think he'd stay employed too awful long. You know, sometimes it's it's like God. Um, <clears throat> I know I haven't been reading like I'm supposed to, and I haven't been praying like I'm supposed to, but uh, I'm so thankful that you don't give up on me. And it's it's amazing that he would, would put up with us the way he does. But the thing is, is when he starts something, he finishes it. I mean, look at creation. People all marvel at it and come up with all sorts of, of, of questionable things about, well, you know, we've got this light that's been coming to us for, for millions of light years. Well, God made everything with age. He, you know, if you, if you and scientists have extrapolated back as best they can and realized that when God created he created it, well, I mean, Adam was a man. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to make a baby and then you're going to be just be thrown out in the Garden of Eden all by yourself. No. He gave him age. He gave him understanding. He gave him knowledge. He gave him all, all the stuff that a, a grown man of, well, what, 30 years maybe? I don't know how old he was. I know that, you know, he was zero when he was at the age, but he died at 900 and what? Something? 900 and some years? Had children? But yet, God brought him along the way he needed to be brought along. He's completed what was needed, and he's going to complete the work in us when we get called up to heaven, which is, which is wonderful. But the, but the beautiful thing is, is that God's promises are just that. They're promises that He keeps. He's fulfilled those promises. As human beings, we, we struggle with promises. We try to do our best with somebody. You know, maybe we're going to make some time for somebody, and not able to do that, we might have to change our our, our uh, schedules around to meet something. With God, it's it's always perfect timing. When He disciples us, you know, that uh, He He knows exactly what we need to do when when we when, when it's done. He's never late, even though we think it might be late. Like, why did you wait so long? It's like when uh, Christ showed up uh, to to call Lazarus out of the grave. It was all in God's timing. Everybody else was like, "You know, he's dead. He's 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 he stinks. He's he's like, okay, so he's there. So he stinks. Well, he's going to be alive when I'm finished." And that's exactly right. He wanted to prove a point. That's why God does things the way He does them. As as us as mentors and disciplers, we do things the way God has laid in our heart to share with somebody or to bring them along and we look and and realize that as we do that we want to glorify God in everything that we do we want to be worthy of being called a discipler and to be a disciple of Christ because that's a a, well it's kind of like a two edged sword if you're a disciple of Christ that means you're an enemy of the world and the world wants to kill you and get rid of you and we see that when, when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing for the Lord, the world doesn't like that. Satan's going to do everything he can to, to, to stop it. And we see that when we disciple with somebody. Things always come up and get in the way. But yet, when we look at the Apostle Paul, he didn't let things stop him. He taught. He went into a town. He, he uh, reasoned or, or with, with the Jews for three Sabbaths. But yet, he got converts. He got a church started. He spent time with these people. Scripture tells us he was there for, for three Sabbaths teaching, but how long did he spend there continuing to teach? Who picked up the mantle and, and, and carried on for him? And that's that's so important because some of us are going to pass off the scene, and some people are going to continue need to continue learning. When you think of... Uh, and it it was sad years ago people were upset with the Billy Graham crusades that came through because when he'd have these droves of people come by counselors would get up front and they'd find out okay, um, where'd you go to church? Uh, Come to find out the person was raised a Catholic for instance, accepted Christ so where'd they send him? They sent him back to the Catholic Church. They didn't have a list of Bible believing New Testament churches handy going, why don't you go check out this church? Why don't you go check out this church? That was kind of a downfall. That was human endeavor trying to do what they thought was right. They should have had a whole list of good local Bible-believing churches, but they didn't. And people criticized them for that. But yet, how many millions of people came to know the Lord as a result of that? Think of D.L. Moody. How many people heard him? Or any of the other the great preachers that we had throughout the world. The Apostle Paul, he made sure that people, the church was established, they were all converted Jews, or Gentiles converted from from paganism. And each and every one were taught the very same thing. Jesus Christ died for your sins. Yep, you can do all these other things, but it's not going to add one thing to you. You know, following through. And then, people teaching them and bringing them along I'm amazed at how quick some of these churches built up and they learn things here we have people that sit for years get no further than I know that I'm saved and going to heaven that's all the more that they ever know and it's so sad it's because they don't want to learn or maybe they don't have the capacity to learn God still loves them the same as somebody a dear old saint in the Lord but it's important for us to be a good disciple no matter what. To be found worthy doing what we're to be doing. Doing what we're doing here. Going out knocking on doors and being able to witness as best as we can. When the world's telling us, nope, you've got to have a mask on. You can't meet. can't do this. can't do that. The Lord will give us the better ideas on how to do that. And he's giving us that courage to do it. Like the Apostle Paul did. Going to a town. You know, can you imagine, okay, you know, wouldn't it be nice to know, Pastor, when you came here, the, the type of people that you would have, and, oh, by the way, you're going to get beat up and thrown in jail every week that you come preach your service. Uh, no, I don't think if we knew that, we probably wouldn't want to do it. But the Apostle Paul was told ahead of time that that was going to happen to him, and he still did it, and that's important to know that is going to show us that we're going to get persecuted. Scripture is going to show us that we are going to need to be good disciples, disciplers and disciples, and to share the word, and not to shrink back from it, but to be called, as it says, to be walk worthy of God who hath called you into his kingdom and glory. He called each one of us individually, and that's the beauty of God. Paul, I think, knew every convert that he, he had worked with. We know God knows us. He knows every hair that's on our head and probably every one that's fallen out since then. But he does care for us and he wants us to be worthy and to realize that the Holy Spirit does all of that through us and to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the blessings that you show to us. Father, we do want to be counted worthy of walking on this earth. To glorify you in everything that we do father now i do pray that you'll take us into the morning service that we'll continue to have a heart to learn what you'd have us to do to give us more courage to give us more opportunity to share the gospel more opportunity to be a discipler to mentor maybe somebody that needs it maybe that'll be our opportunity as we move forward, seek out somebody that we can continue to teach and continue to watch them grow in the Lord and to watch them pick up the mantle and disciple somebody else. Now, Father, I know that you, you do that in each and every one of our lives to some extent, some more than others. But, Father, I do thank you for those that are doing that, discipling and being an encouragement to others. And we ask this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.